Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. How are you today, sir? I'm fine, thank you, sir. How are you? Well, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm up north. Northeast. Yes, you're broadcasting from Beantown. From the, the hub. Beantown. Yep. And uh, guy had a... You had a trip yesterday. You drive, drove about five and a half hours. What were the gas prices like along the way between uh, Pennsylvania and Boston? Nah, they're over $5 a gallon. Uh, now, now uh, granted, if you get the 87 octane, mm-hmm. and then people are going, well, why don't you get that, Bill? You know, that would be the smart <laughs> yeah. thing to do. Yeah. There, there's a reason why ever since this, we'll, we'll call it the Biden gas phenomena mm-hmm. that took over, there's a lot of water in the gas these days. There's a lot of ethanol in the gas. I have what's called a flex engine, uh, and it's a big 5.3 cylinder in the truck. I don't think they do those engines anymore. I had mm-hmm. I got it in 2018. Either way. Is this the kind of engine that uh, it's eight cylinders or then it's six cylinders, and it, it, it actually... It's it, eight it, and four. It retires a set of four. Like, it'll be eight when you need it and four when you don't, right? Right. And it has a sensor. It goes back and forth. Some people like it. Some people don't. I like it when you're on the road because, you know, I go from 18 miles a gallon to 36 miles a gallon or mm-hmm. 40 miles a gallon, depending. You know, if it's straight road, you set your cruise control. It's good right now with the cost of gas. But yeah. you have water in that tank. All of a sudden, your oxygen sensors go off, and you get a check engine light. And there's nothing wrong with your engine. Uh, there's nothing wrong with your catalytic converter. And there's four cat cats in this <laughs> yeah this car wow. or in this truck. So you don't want a, one cat to go because if one goes, they all go. You know, uh, you know those cats. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah. stick together. You know, <laughs> they sure do. Well, I'm glad you're there. I'm glad you got uh, to Boston safe, and uh, I hope you have a, a nice few days. To, uh, yeah, it's nice up here. To vacation, as they would say. Always fun to, uh, when you travel, though, you know, you kind of get a feel for the lay of the land. Politically, you talk to people because everybody's talking about politics. Mm. It is interesting that when you're on the road and no matter where you go, uh, you you hear a conversation, you enter in on it, and it's very seldom that you hear everybody on the same page as you. And the point is, is that what you're hearing on the news and what you're reading in the news is a big heaping pile of crap. Uh, this morning I woke up and I heard uh, them talking about the latest polls, and apparently all the polls seem to be flipping red, conservative, uh, it, which doesn't surprise me. It really does. I think actually we talked about this last week about the uh, uh, underwater voters, uh, poll, mm-hmm. people who are not telling pollsters what they're going to do in November. I think there's a lot of them who just uh, would rather not disclose their preferences right now to anybody. But I will tell you this, you know, Democrats take a positive of the Republicans and they flip it blue. You watch the pollsters come back and say, well, you know, there's the underwater uh, liberals. They are true core yeah. well, liberals, but they just won't tell anybody what they really feel. Tulsi Gabbard, they, who was a presidential candidate mm-hmm. uh, two years ago, about uh, 25 minutes ago, announced that she was leaving the Democratic Party. Because Good for uh, her. She's not a Democrat. Nope, she's not a Democrat. She's uh, She has... But you know what? We away. will give the Democrats a Republican in word only. They can have Liz Cheney. <laughs> yeah, they can have Liz Cheney. 
there's a couple of others I can think of too. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're, um, they're the big the list. former governor of Massachusetts, Mr. Romney, is uh, one who comes to mind. <laughs> he can he can go along with her. They can go hand in hand. There was a lot of activity in Russia over the weekend, the long weekend. Uh, yes. they, they have a bridge that goes from Russia to Crimea, and yeah. uh, it's a massive uh, bridge that is both automobile and rail. And some terrorists blew up, I, I guess it were fuel uh, train cars. I mean, it was a massive explosion. I don't, don't know whether you saw it. Yeah, um, I so saw it. I saw that it didn't shut down the bridge. It shut down yeah, part of it. I would have thought it would have blown the thing apart. No, it's a well-built bridge. What they spend, $36 billion on this thing or something mm -hmm. like that? It was an expensive undertaking. And, and if you look at crime area, you'll go back to the 80s and the breakup of the Soviet Union. And then in 1990, they became independent. Now, when did they become part of the Ukraine? It was Western Ukraine that came in right. and violently took them over and annexed them. But uh, I know you have someone that uh, we're going to listen to. Yeah, I, um, there's a lady named Rebecca Koffler. She's a uh, mm -hmm. political author, former officer of the U.S. Uh, Defense Intelligence Agency. She's a smart lady. She was born and grew up in Russia. So mm -hmm. she, she knows what she's talking about. And uh, it, I was surprised. At one point, you're going to hear, hear, hear her say she likes Putin. She likes Putin. See, we see a whole different perspective from this side. They want us to believe that he's the big bad wolf. And, and I think a lot of people in Russia love her, love him, this guy. Well, I know that for a fact. I ran into somebody over the weekend in the Poconos. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of, you know, people from Ukraine and Russia. Mm -hmm. And I met some folks from Russia, and well, we had a nice long conversation. Let and me they say it's the West in Russia and in, in the Ukraine that you can't trust. And as a matter of fact, going back to 2015, I have a three-part segment of uh, Rebecca Koffler. She's talking about what's really happening right now in Russia right. and in the Ukraine and her perspective, and it's really, uh, I think, quite interesting. Listen. What Putin has done is uh, is a diversion. The narrative about the Security Council meeting later in the day is a classic deception to achieve tactical surprise. This retaliation should have been expected, including by uh, President Biden and President Zelensky. We do pray for Ukrainian people. They need to brace. But what I want to mention here is that the Washington establishment does not explain to the American people why it is that Putin is fighting so hard. Ukraine is part of security perimeter uh, for Russia, even though we don't recognize it. But it's the same thing as our Monroe Doctrine. Imagine if Russia or China tried to approach Canada or Mexico. No sane military command including Biden, although at this point uh, many people question his sanity. We would not allow such thing to happen. And so neither does Putin. It's an existential battle for him. And he's going to do everything possible. He's going to switch to a different strategy coming forward to, to make sure that Ukraine does not enter the Western orbit of influence and especially NATO about which he warned us many times it's a red line for him and he's not bluffing 
so well said. She talked about the Monroe doctrines, and and it's true. If mm-hmm. if Russia and China went into Mexico or Central America, we would be concerned, and maybe we might go to war too. We don't want them that close. She said it's a, a buffer. The Ukraine is a buffer between NATO countries like Poland and Germany and Russia, and she they don't want that uh, buffer gone. And there are many people in the Ukraine that are Russian and consider themselves Russian. And, you know, we talk about the atrocities of, you know, what's going on there in Russia, 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 bad, 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 bad. Turns out it's Western Ukraine that has been over the years, going back to 2015 and before, that goes into Eastern Ukraine, takes Russians, tortures them, and kills them. They have been mutilating Russians for years. So well, who's who's the good guy and who's the bad guy? Russia responded over the weekend to the bombing of the bridge. They launched, I think they said, 70 missiles into uh, cities in the Ukraine. And the media talked about it like they were in shock. Oh, my goodness, they attacked Kiev. They hit it during rush hour. And I'm thinking to myself, think about this for a second. What part of the word war don't they understand? There, there is no safe spot in a war zone. It just doesn't exist. If I'm at war, I'm not going to telegraph to you what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm not. I don't have to ask your permission. Well, May I retaliate and blow your cities up? Well, I, you know, I, I asked the people in London in World War II about uh, a safe spot. You know, w- were there any safe locations in London when the Germans were bombing uh, London and and England? Absolutely not. In, no. in Dusseldorf and, and in Berlin during World War II, when we bombed those cities back to the Stone Age, there were no safe spots. So why is it that all of a sudden in this situation, we're surprised and shocked by the fact that Russia retaliated with missiles into cities? I'm not saying that it's good, mind you. I think it's sad. I think I, I feel terrible for the people and the victims in, in the Ukraine who suffered from this. This war should not be happening. As a matter of fact, during the rally, uh, President Trump said it would not have happened had he been president. And I believe that. I think this mm-hmm. this war is a product of the Biden administration. Well, I think they want to push us, uh, you know, they want to push us into a war. He's talked about, you know, we're going into, we're the closest to Armageddon we've ever been. But I think he wants to get us there. And there's yeah. a reason that he does. What the exa- We can speculate on what the reason is because we have a lot of different things that we can look at, but uh, it's not good, any of the reasons you, you pick and choose. He said uh, yesterday that uh, we'll, we're going to double down and be with you all the way. Biden said this to the Ukraine. And I'm thinking to myself, why? Why are we doubling down? Why are we being so, um, so much a part of this conflict that is between Russia and the Ukraine? What do we get out of it? I think what Joe gets out of it and a lot of his cronies is protection from being caught mm-hmm. for being involved in so many uh, criminal activities uh, before the war started, before he was president. I mean, wasn't it uh, his son, Hunter, was involved with that uh, Ukrainian oil company? He had about as much knowledge in Ukrainian oil as I do but yet they were paying him millions of dollars. I think it was Hunter who got $3 million from the mayor of Moscow's wife 
Three yeah, million. He did. What? What for? Why would they pay? What? What does he have to offer that's worth three million dollars, other than access to the highest uh, offices in the uh, in the United States? Well, that was his bargaining chip, you know. That uh, he he gave away access to his dad, and it's my dad, and he thinks I'm I'm the best son in the world. Yeah, you yeah. Uh, Rebecca Kofla continues. The entire uh, Putin's establishment, his regime is behind it. Remember, he spent two decades planning this. It, he, it's not just Putin. He can't do it himself. The entire doctrine was developed by the general staff. And my intelligence assessment is that Putin is switching strategy to what is called the new generation warfare, where he's going to target exactly what he's targeting right now, the civilian infrastructure, with uh, cyber attacks, space warfare operations, underwater strikes, just like what we saw with the Nord Stream. Uh, we have a piece on Fox Digital right now on the website called Space Armageddon. It's not just nuclear Armageddon that's on the table here. So things are unfolding exactly how Putin has planned. And unfortunately, our own security apparatus misdirected intelligence resources when they should have been paying to the Russian threat. They were doing investigation after investigation of former President Trump, you know, and the non-existent collusion theory that they themselves concocted instead of taking seriously the Russian threat in developing first a deterrence strategy and next a de-escalation strategy. And President Biden at this point has no de-escalation strategy. And that is very dangerous. We're potentially being dragged into another, you know, experimental project like we just uh, had in Afghanistan. But we don't have 20 years because Putin has nuclear weapons and he holds advantage in tactical nuclear weapons 10 to 1. We have 200, the Russians have 2,000. And he has practiced many times on how to use it. So the media wants us to believe, our media wants us to believe that Russia is in disarray, that Putin is confused and kind of backed into a corner, that he doesn't know what he's doing. And what you just heard Rebecca Koffler say is, on the contrary, things are happening exactly like Putin wants it to happen. And it happened. It's his game plan that he's following, and it's falling into place. You got to remember, his background is in the KGB, and he was very good and successful at what he did so yeah you know you he's got a he's got a plan he's got a game yeah and he's following that plan do we have a plan we do have a plan it's not a good plan and sometimes i think biden shoots from the hips because he gets lost you know he shoots from the seat of his pants rebecca koffler wraps it up here president biden is 100 percent correct he finally has acknowledged that he has brought us indeed on the brink of nuclear armageddon but i want to clarify the nuclear strikes are not expected on u.s homeland he does not need to scare the american people that would be reckless however there are several steps right now on the what the russians have developed uh, escalation dominance there's an escalation ladder 
as I mentioned, uh, strikes, non-kinetic strikes, cyber intrusions, space operations are expected including on the homeland, but it depends on what we do. If we decide to de-escalate, sit down at the table, and actually uh, make sure that Zelensky does talk to Putin about how to end this conflict, how to end the suffering of the Ukrainian people, and how to avoid putting American and European civilian infrastructure into the crosshairs of Putin, then there's a possibility to de-escalate. But there's going to be a, an adult in the room right now, just like we had one back during the Cuban Missile Crisis, who is going to tell everyone to knock it off, get to the table, and stop this war. Now, she's a Putin expert, Rebecca Coughlin. Check it, check it yourself. Go online. Uh, Google her name, uh, Rebecca, R-E-B-E-K-A-H, and it's Koffler, K-O-F-F-L-E-R. She's Mm -hmm. a political author, former U.S. Defense Intelligence Agency officer. She's written a book called Putin's Playbook. She knows what she's talking about, and uh, she basically tells it like it is. We're being told one thing, and the whole other thing is really happening right now in the Russian-Ukrainian war. Yeah, you know, and I, and I think we knew uh, pretty much what she just said, that uh, the talk of nukes is not really about us unless we stick our nose into something that we're not supposed to stick our nose into, that they're tactical nukes, and he is getting ready to use them. He will use them. Uh, and don't be fooled, friends. You know, we say, oh, well, we gave up on that a long time ago. We don't need them. We did give up on them because we didn't have close targets that we could use them on If we needed to, trust me, if something happened in Canada, they'd be back. But also trust me on the fact that we do have them at play again. They have been deployed. We do have them over there. A couple of other things that uh, we haven't heard a thing about this weekend, Bill. You know, we are really being censored when it comes to news. Yeah. Two communication lines were cut in Germany. Rail services in northern Germany were suspended over the weekend. We didn't hear a thing about that. Also, there were web pages that were hacked a whole bunch of them over the weekend, and they believe they were hacked by Russian hackers. So nothing on it. It's quiet. It's, uh, it's crickets. Well, that gets back to that Pisaki thing where she said, if the news doesn't report it, it's not news, including Hunter Biden. It's not a story unless our news talks about it. They talk about what they want to be in the news. And that's it. Why would Biden, the president of the United States, who you would think his job would be to calm the people? He says last week, we're on the brink of nuclear Armageddon with Russia over the Ukraine. Why would he say that? I mean, even during the Cuban Missile Crisis, which I lived through, Mm -hmm. I don't remember Kennedy say to the people we're on the verge of, of nuclear annihilation, which is what Armageddon means. You know, well, this- I would tend to say that there were two different agendas going on then. Kennedy, for the most part today, would probably be a Republican. But yeah. his agenda was the protection of our country, not to scare the hell out of us and have us living right. in fear. Uh, and But the, the fear thing right now is we're being corralled into something. So there's a there's a bigger you know plan in yep. play here. And it ain't a good one, but we that's a whole different debate. 
So where does this take us? We talk about the elections which are coming up. We mentioned early on in the program that the mm-hmm. polls seem to be leaning to the right right now. Uh, people like Carrie Lake are starting to move ahead, and uh, J.D. Vance in Ohio, and people like that. Uh, even Dr. Oz is showing signs of overtaking uh, Fetterman. I don't even know how Fetterman could be leading. I, I mean, it, it is beyond my comprehension that that could be the case. I think those are inaccurate polls. I think uh, those are uh, not telling us exactly what's happening because Fetterman can he can string a sentence together. I mean, look at it. It's not his fault. The man had a stroke in, in the springtime. No, I hope he gets better, but yeah. no, he shouldn't be running right now. You, do you know, someone made a very good point. Do you want this guy in in Congress, in, in the Senate? Uh, he has to be able to listen and understand and then to – and then to vocalize, the, express the beliefs of what he thinks the, his state represents. He can't do that right now. He no, can't, he, he can't. He can't get up in the middle of uh, the Senate and do a speech that it means anything. He said the other day, uh, the Eagles are better than the Eagles. I mean, he said, it's like, okay, yeah. I know what he, he probably meant the, the Eagles are better than the Steelers. But that's not what came out. And someone said, do you think Biden should run again in 2024? And the answer, he answered by saying, uh, that's a, a decision for Joe Bin. B-I-N. I mean, it's like, uh, okay, we, we kind of get it, but... Uh, well, when you have a stroke, not all the synaptic nerves are, you know... Oh, the, yeah. The, I'm sure the, in his... The in tracks his, in the brain aren't all connected right. And his, unless they reconnect. Yeah. In his head, Bill, I'm sure he had the right answer. It just didn't come out that way. He couldn't get it to, to vocalize. So he, on the other hand, you have a guy who's a uh, world-renowned cardiovascular surgeon, a uh, major television personality. He's made a fortune, and people criticize him. But, you know, he did it on his own. Dr. Oz didn't make a fortune on television because he was Dr. Oz. He, he made it because he knew what he was talking about. He had a great personality, and it worked. But anyway, um, other things going on in the news, of course, the border situation. I saw something interesting the other day, Bill. I, I mentioned this to you before the show started. They interviewed a adolescent male who had come across the border. And right. it was a, you know, I guess he was, he was like in shadow and stuff. It wasn't, he wasn't giving his identity away. But he said essentially that uh, they asked him, why are you here? He says, I'm a killer. And there's mm-hmm. a lot more like me coming across the border. I'm a killer. The ki- and it was chilling to hear him say this because we see busloads of people, these immigrants uh, coming across to these different cities, and they get off the buses, and they look like they're coming back from spring break. They're smiling. They're all handsome people in good clothes. They just, uh, they're shaking hands with people as they get off the bus. And you think, well, this, these, these won't be bad people. What you don't see are the criminals coming across the border, and and um, I think there are a lot of them. And I I think to the, what happened on uh, Thursday, I believe in Las Vegas, where the showgirls were out. They do this yeah. in Vegas. Uh, have you? I don't know if you've been to Vegas or not. It's it's a great city, and uh, but they go out there at, at, at lunchtime, and they're in their outfits, and they're greeting people, and they're doing some dance routines. It's really kind of nice. They take picture with tourists. And this guy came up to the showgirls, and he wanted his picture taken, and he looked uh, kind of gruff, and the girls didn't feel comfortable with him. He said he was a chef, and they kind of backed away from doing the picture with this guy. 
So he pulled out a long knife and proceeded to stab, I think it was eight uh, of the showgirls, a bunch of them anyway. And two yeah, it was a lot. I remember the news. Yeah, and two of them died. Two of these young yeah. ladies died. Come to find out the guy's an illegal. And I, I couldn't help but think back to that criminal who was coming across the border saying, I'm a killer. But if you remember all the news over the weekend, there was nothing about the illegals. There was no, they didn't even connect that dot or even question it. We are not being served by our media. Our media, no. our media is one-sided. It has a narrative. And if it, and if, if the news doesn't fit their narrative, they don't report it. It's as simple as exactly. that. And you know, Bill, that wasn't the case when you and I started out in the business. When we started out in the business, I mean, I remember working with guys who were liberal newsmen, but when they cracked open the mic, you couldn't tell what they were. They, they were neutral. They may have preferred somebody in private to me, you know, they, I, I think back to uh, when I was working in Hartford many, many years ago, and uh, one of the news people, I won't mention his name, he was a liberal. He loved George McGovern. Oh, he had pictures with McGovern. He thought I was on McGovern's side too, and he, uh, maybe when I was 23 and didn't know anything about politics and I wasn't paying attention, I might have even, even you know, given that impression. But anyway, um, when he when he went on the mic, and when he when he did a newscast, he was completely neutral, and he was proud of it. They were proud of being able to to put their personal opinions and views aside and and present something down the middle. They don't do that because, anymore. and we were proud of the fact that we respected everybody's opinion. And at the end of the day, we could either you know. In having have an effect and influence on somebody, yeah. or at least agree to disagree. Now it's filtered down to you know, for gosh sakes, Anna Lander. When you read when you read a column, there was a a thing about well, the family had to elect somebody to vote to tell dad he's just not a member of the family anymore because he's divisive. You know he well you know he had certain views. I mean they they really exaggerated it, but. You know, the, well, your political beliefs now divide families. His mentor was Walter Cronkite. And right. Walter, Walter Cronkite was a huge liberal. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, and I didn't know it till after he had retired. I didn't know that Walter Cronkite was a liberal because Uncle Wally, as we used to call him, he gave the news down the middle. But looking back, his opinion meant a lot. And he actually turned the, the country's opinion on the Vietnam War. I want to say this was probably back in 1968 or 69. He actually, mm -hmm. at one point, he said on the air that uh, it wasn't a winnable war or, or the war wasn't good. He made some, he let his opinion be known and the country changed. I mean, it, it, you know, I'm thinking back to uh, uh, the mood in the country went from being one where we can win this and we'll be out soon to. Uh, this is unwinnable. Let's get out of here. And it's not a good war. And, you know, I think there were more. He had a lot to do with swaying the opinion of the country. Now, we weren't really, because he was so neutral on most everything else, we didn't really see it for what it was. But it was him expressing his opinion. Uncle Walter, He did have a closing phrase. And when you think about it, it was his way of saying, I don't agree with everything. And that was, and that's the way it is. Yeah. In other words, yeah, it is what it is, 
take it or leave it. Yep. That's the news. He reported it as the news. Um, that's the way it is. <laughs> and that was Walter a disclaimer Cronkite. saying CBS News. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but every time, and that's the way it is. <laughs> he was it stinks. Uh, he he was a terrific. He was a, a terrific guy to work with, from what I understand. I had some friends when I was working in New York. I I had a lot of news people who would work uh, right. down at the broadcast center, and uh, they one of the guys was a guy named Bill Gillian who did his um, open and closes to the CBS Evening News. For people who don't know what that is, he would say. This is the CBS Evening News with Walter Cronkite. And then Walter Cronkite would come in. And that's what you know what Bill, Bill Gillian would do. It was the way they presented the news back in those days. But because he worked with Walter, he, he knew him. And uh, mm-hmm. he, had, he had good things to say about him. He was kind of a genuine. See, the difference is, and this is true, Walter Cronkite's background was news. Walter Cronkite started out in newspapers. Then he was in radio. He's a war correspondent. He was a newsman, and he he valued being a newsman. Whereas a lot of people now who are in the media, their background isn't the news. Their background is politics. They, you know, mm-hmm. George Stephanopoulos, his background isn't the news. George Stephanopoulos's background is politics. Um, uh, which, I know a lot so, of people that took journalism, and when they took journalism, there was actually a book that was like the New York City phone book, and it went through every possible. It told you how to write the news, how yep. to present the news. You know, it told you everything about being a news person and presenting the news straightforward. That's it. Chuck Todd, uh, his background is politics. Jake Tapper, background is politics. I mean, all of these big news people that we that we see and we think, oh, they're, they're not newsmen. They're not news people. They're politicians. They don't belong in front of the news. And, and well, I, I blame the, the guys who hired them. Well, we've rewritten what news is. And that is you know, a lot of things that we grew up with have come and they've gone, uh, including a good news person. You do need a good neutral source of news so you can make up your own mind. But today, your mind is being made up for you. And if you don't realize that, Take, you know, take, take a break from the news for a weekend and then come back in and you're going to, you're going to see what I'm talking about. There, there, there's a lot that's going on with the news and it's not news. The new owner, it's a thorough mind washing. The new owner of CNN has said that he wants to be neutral. He wants to be a news station again. He wants it to be like it used to be. But I think the problem he's having is finding people who can do it. Who can give him a news, a news network, a down the middle, uh, no sides taken news network? People out there who are pretending to be journalists, reporters, anchors—they all have agendas. Mm-hmm. They all have a background. You're going to have to train a breed to come back in, yeah, and, and do that kind of news. It, it, I don't think you can change it overnight. And, I agree. Uh, you know, but we can, what you can do change overnight now with what you got is change the makeup of what America is. And that's what's going on right now. We're being reshaped, remodeled. So and we it's have not to, a good thing. No, it is not a good thing. So we have to ask ourselves, where are we going? First, we're not being told the news 
like we used to be told the news. We're being told a story that someone wants us to believe, and it's not necessarily the truth. That's true. What's happening in the Ukraine? I don't know where this is taking us. I don't see the president of the United States uh, doing anything to try to stop the momentum from going in the direction of a conflict. He has not said, okay, we're going to put together a, uh, a group of uh, peacemakers and, and try to get them, both sides, to sit down and to end this thing. Instead, he talks about sending more of our money and our equipment and our people to, uh, to, to the Ukraine to continue the battle. Well, I, I think there's more to this story than meets the eye, and there's a reason that we are defending and supporting the Ukraine, and it's not a good reason. And, you know, it, it reminds me of a story that they're picking on where Trump, you know, uh, theoretically, uh, not theoretically, supposedly is the word. He said, okay, I will trade the boxes of documents that you want back that I declassified. I'll trade this for these other boxes of evidence that you guys are holding. And they're going, oh, well, you know, you can't, you, you can't barter with the boxes you got. Well, number one, he was well within his rights to declassify and have what he had. So let's get that point clear and straight. It's been done by every president. He's not the only one. So this is not illegal information in his possession. But mm -hmm. the point that I'm going to make here is that he was going, if he was willing to say, I will trade you this bunch of documents for those documents over there. Well, we can't do that. What does he know that's in those documents? Because as the commander in chief, he pretty much had a handle on everything known and unknown to us out there. What's in those documents? What are in the files that he was willing to say, yeah, I'll trade you. But that's what I want. What goods did, w w are in those documents? Does it go to this Ukraine war? Is there some dirty deeds going on with our government? Well, I, know, I that, think that's uh, a good possibility. Yeah. 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 Just a thought. By the way, you probably heard that uh, Biden, he pardoned marijuana possession convictions. Uh, yeah. I thought, why is he doing this? You know, It is a distraction. Now, look. Yeah. You know, it, it's like a lot of stories. Is abortion really an issue in what in this election? I don't think so, but they're no. making a big thing about it. Uh, a little side car, uh, side action here. When I was in the Poconos for the weekend, mm -hmm. you know, celebrating uh, a life event, uh, all the news around Fetterman. But it, the point is, all the narrative and everything about the 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 story was rubber stamped. And then as I'm traveling through the Northeast, you know, get into Connecticut. I heard the same commercials, you know, Democratic commercial over and over and over again. Same female voice, mm -hmm. just different politicians that they're talking about. Oh, sure. Get up here in, in Massachusetts, same damn commercial again, same voice, same script, different names. You know, they're, I would almost tell these candidates, saying, get off this, you know, cookie-cutter track. I know. Um, they're they're and, trying to make uh, – they're trying to make – abortion something that it isn't right now it's it is a all that simply happened by getting rid of roe versus wade was to send the authority of making the laws about abortion back to the state it's pure and simple it was that easy in many states nothing has changed everything stays the same and wasn't it our fearless one of our fearless leaders kamala harris mm -hmm. that just last week said you know 
we're taking the federal government out of making this decision and putting it into the hands of the women, which, no, you're not. The federal government just took that decision and commandeered it. And it is the federal government making a decision. So we got off the track here on, no, on she, Roe versus Wade. Because but it's I, interesting. I, she talked about, with Joe, she talked about uh, the MAGA people as being enemies. Enemies. Right. Uh, they were sitting in the White House in a conference room table side by side talking about the mean, evil MAGA people. And uh, they were enemies because of their stance on abortion. And uh, I thought it was quite interesting. They are making stories up as they go because they have nothing of any substance to talk about. They have no great achievements to point to. Everything that Joe Biden has done over the last two years has been disaster after disaster. Nothing he has done has succeeded. He's ruined our border. He lost us the war in Afghanistan. He has got our oil prices up the uh, gazoo. He has turned everything good to bad since he's been in the presidency. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's talking about nuclear war. He talks yeah. about it. He talks about it casually. We're on the verge of Armageddon. You know what? This these are our grandchildren. These are our children that he's talking about destroying and and he's making it sound like it's just another political thing. Because I what is what he's telegraphing to me is your kids, my kids are not important to him. They are. Uh, but it is important to talk about uh, abortion because it, it, it's a political tool. It is important to talk about marijuana because it's a political tool. Is it really an issue? Now, you know what? If you want to, it was legal once. Okay. If it's legal again, okay. But should the government be involved in this? And furthermore, didn't we come down once upon a time? Now, if we legalize marijuana, are there going to be commercials? Hey, Get get your California gold, get your Colombian weed at your yeah. local CBS or, or or Walgreens. Didn't we ban cigarette ads? You know, on one hand, we talk about yeah, we did, but on one hand, we uh, we talk about it's bad to drink and drive. Uh, you should uh, inc- make the laws for DUI tougher. All these things. On the other hand, they're talking about making it easy for people to buy a pack of uh, marijuana and get stoned. And, you know, when I was young, a young man, they used to say, you know, hey, uh, uh, when you smoke weed, man, it's a different kind of high. You know, man, like it's it's like it's like a clearer high, man. You're, it's like it's not as it's not as sloppy as being drunk, man. It's it's you kind of know what you're doing. That's a lot of hogwash. OK, you're you're drunk. You're inebriated. You're you're not thinking clearly when you're stoned. And, you know, what are they going to do when people start getting into bad accidents because they're they're driving under the influence of uh, of marijuana. Look, for anything that you point out positive in marijuana, you know, when you're smoking it, you're doing the same thing. If you start smoking a joint every day, well, it calms me down, man, makes my head, my head more clear. And you yeah. drive off the road and kill six kids waiting for a bus. Well, yeah, yeah. you were really clear at mind when you did that. And it can hurt hurt your health, too. It, it Oh, sure. It, it, it's the same thing as a cigarette. People sit there, smoke cigarettes. Well, it, it calms me down, makes me relax, you know, and, and, and everything, yep. but the nicotine, everything else. Okay. If there are values in that, in, in that tobacco mm-hmm. or in that weed, 
CBD, uh, what is it, the, the gummies. Yeah. Get it that way, you know, but it's still got to be controlled and regulated to where we aren't stupid with it. Another thing that happened over the weekend that got my hackles up is how they're using the FBI as a uh, an enforcement tool for one side. Um, mm-hmm. They talked about a father of 11 who is a, uh, I guess he's a pastor too, and they protested outside of an abortion clinic about a year ago. Right. And the other day, I mean, a couple, two or three days ago, they showed up at his house in the morning. This is not the same guy we talked about a couple of days ago. This is another guy, Bill. This is yeah. a, the one we talked about initially had seven kids. This guy's got 11, and they showed up at his house, and they had the, the full vests on, you know, the, the uh, flak jackets, and they had the M, M16s or the uh, M4s or whatever, the assault rifles, and uh, they came up to the door, pounded on the door, and they weren't nice. They were rude, and they were bringing the guy in. The guy went down to they were videotaping this when it happened and right. he went down to the uh, police officer, the FBI agents and said, what are you here for? And the guy said, we're here for you. And he said, you're here for me. He said, yep. And, and, and they, they were treating him like he was a domestic terrorist. They were treating him. They put him in handcuffs, threw him in the back of the car. The wife came down and said, what are you doing? Where are you taking my husband? You know, and, and they weren't telling her. He said, who are you? What's your name? They wouldn't answer. They gave her no information. Now, I don't know whether that's standard operating procedure. I'm not an FBI agent, but I would think that at the very least, if you're arresting somebody, you would hand over a card. You know, you see it on TV. Here's my card. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, when they arrest you, if there's somebody around, uh, because, look, somebody comes home and you're gone and there's no clue as to what happened. Well, that's true. I mean, yeah. you would think that no, be... that, that that's that's BS. We're you know that that that's that's uh, Nazism. Well, that's uh, Gestapo. Here's that's the thing. I was thinking, Bill, they're arresting these basically peaceful protesters who have a, a, a leaning to the right. They are pro-life. They're anti-abortion. Now, whether you are pro-life or pro-choice, that's that's another thing. I asked people who are pro-choice, how would you feel if all of a sudden uh, a a pro-life administration started arresting pro-choice people and throwing them into jail? How would you feel if they were pounding on your door because you believe in abortion and throwing you into jail? You wouldn't like that. You'd be you'd be you'd be mortified. That's what's happening right now on on our side because they want to silence us because they can't fight us with logic. They say they can, but they don't. So the easiest thing to do is they're in power right now, and they want to hold that power. And the best thing that they can do is eliminate eliminate us by silencing us. They're doing it to Trump. They're trying to bankrupt the guy. Can they? I don't know. But, you know, uh, Biden talks about the we're the closest to Armageddon that we've ever been. I'm saying that in a month, less than a month now, we are facing political Armageddon. If you're a Trumper or you're a conservative and you have conservative values, if we don't win in November, then they hold on. Forget about Trump. He's gone. Forget about your conservative values. They're gone. And the the Republican Party 
maybe gone. Mm-hmm. And oh, I'm a libertarian. Oh, no, I'm a, a what? What? what are, I'm an independent. You're gone too. Right. I also heard all weekend long about how it's going to swing to the right, and I keep thinking to myself, doesn't anybody remember what happened in 2020? I mean, they don't talk about the fact that it could be stolen again. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm one of these people. I know a lot of people have poo-pooed it. Oh, it wasn't stolen. Top, stop talking about the steal. I think it was. I think there was a lot of shenanigans in the 2020 Yeah, and, and there's proof out there that it was stolen. But if you don't want to look at it, then there's no evidence. You, you know, the, the evidence is only there if you choose to see it. If you don't want to see it, yeah, it didn't happen. The other thing that irritates me is that a lot of these people who have been murdered uh, recently by illegals, mm-hmm. a lot of these illegals have been arrested recently and then let off with a slap on the wrist, you know, and literally. I mean, you know, they have these DAs now that are not holding criminals. They they arrest mm-hmm. them, they bring them in, they, they release them by the end of the day. And some of these guys are hardened, hardened criminals. They're not going to jail, but they're taking people who are protesting abortion and bringing them to jail. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it gets back to the story we talked about at the beginning with the lady in, in yeah. Russia and bringing in the Monroe Doctrine and invading our country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got illegals that we are allowing, that we're bringing across the border. Uh, you've got, uh, what is it, uh, Venezuela or was it uh, Brazil that sat there and said, hey, let's let our bad guys out of prison, send them up, let them go to the United States. And with that in mind, I have a, a cut here from Jorge Ventura, who's a reporter for Border News Network. And um, he... He was down, I guess, one evening doing a, a, it's in its video, so you're going to hear the audio part of the video, and he's showing little babies, little children in the arms of a couple of adults. If There must have been 15 little babies, little children, and only two adults taking care of all of them, but they all looked like they had been sedated. All of them looked like they had been drugged. Listen to this. Deputy Bulls, for the past year and a half, local officials here in Eagle Pass have been trying to raise the alarm on what's going on with the humanitarian crisis. Last time we spoke, Eagle Pass has seen between one to two deaths per day of migrants drowning in the Rio Grande River. And it's gotten to a point where you're having to bury migrants here in your own cemetery. I mean, what's going to happen if this continues for the next six months? Do you even have space to continue to do this? At the rate we're going right now, Jorge, unfortunately, we're going to have to open up, or the county's going to have to open up another plot here in the cemetery at some point, open up another section, because some days we're receiving one to two uh, persons deceased per day. Sometimes we're receiving eight to ten. And it's gotten to the point where our local mortuaries are no longer taking the deceased and and keeping them there overnight. Uh, It's gotten to the point where the state has had to provide a refrigerator trailer where we're having to take the deceased to and they're there from anywhere between about 24 to 72 hours where we try to make an identification on the person and at that point another side side thing that's happening is our justices of the peace they're ordering autopsies on on these uh, unfortunate persons and the, the the medical examiners that we use even webb county or bear county they're starting to kind of turn us away because of the high volume of, of deceased that they're having. Uh, and that's 
just here in Eagle Pass, Maricopa County, but up and down the border. And this is a direct result. Many times we're finding if we're lucky, we can identify the person and let their consulate know, and then they can notify their family and let, and let them know that their family member deceased. But a lot of times what we're, and they can try to make arrangements to try and transport their family member back home. But what, what a lot of times we find out is that they don't have the means or they don't have the funds to do that. So then the bill is left up to the county to inter the person somewhere, which is here in our local county cemetery. As you can see here, we have a lot of people, a lot of the plots are, are labeled John Doe, uh, John or Jane go unfortunately baby john or baby jane go these are these are unfortunately the, the people that we cannot identify so we can't even we don't even know what country of origin they're from and it goes back to the same thing we're having to inter them here in our local county cemetery and at this rate that we're going we're going to run out of space so the uh, local funeral homes mortuaries they're turning away the bodies now they just can't handle the uh, the number of people who are bring, being brought to them the deceased and so they're burying these poor, unfortunate strangers in unmarked grave. They're unknown. They showed video of it. And uh, you don't hear about this. It appears it, as if they're all kind of getting through. Every so often you hear about maybe one person drowned. But apparently they're drowning and they're dying in, in, in droves down there on the border. It's, I think I heard someone say it's the most dangerous border in the world to traverse right now, our southern border. That's pretty damn sad that it's that way. Yeah. He, uh, the uh, interview continues. Four and three years old. And he says that his wife abandoned him and uh, she left him the two kids. Down there, South America, you know? There's a lot of heartbreaks going on. You know what's really sad that was both of these children look like? This isn't just a natural sleep. They are, they are out. Look, look, look. He looked dissipated. They are sedated. Look at that. Look at that. This is not. Look at this. This is like completely lunch over. When was the last time they ate was? When was the last time they ate was? Um, so this is what we're telling you a lot of times. These children don't belong to some of these people. Okay. This is. Human trafficking. This is you're letting it react, huh? Yeah, they don't react. Pupils don't even react to the bright light in the face. No, these these kids are drunk. Mira, 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 this is not third world countries. This is the United States, and unfortunately, our law enforcement agencies are out here assisting and abetting in the tra in the child trafficking trade, guys. Absolutely, there's like no way that you can call me a conspiracy theorist. There's no way that you can say that we're making shit up. We're out here, guys, living this day after day. Y'all, y'all think we do this because we enjoy it? We literally go home with. Stuff in our head and seeing this should be upsetting to everybody, whether you're on the left or on the right. This should be not be tolerated in our country. He's unconscious. Oh, he's totally unconscious. See, this is the face. Look at that one over there. Look at that one right there. She's trying to hide him. Blatant, blatant. 
You know, no matter what your opinion is of uh, the illegals coming across, you got to feel nothing but heart, heartache and heartbreak for these little babies. And when you see them, they aren't sleeping a normal sleep. They are unconscious. They're flashing lights, bright lights in their eyes, and they're just not moving. They're out of it. They were drugged. And, and you know, you think about it. Why would they drug these children? For control. It's easier to manipulate these people when they're sedated. Yeah, now, we're, there, there's a lot of them being lost. What are they doing with the ones that survive? Bill, they're passing them on to strangers in America, who and they disappear. They disappear. They may be using children for the most heinous things, the most terrible things in, in our country. Well, that's where I was going. We're trafficking children. And we talk about how great and how mighty we are. And they're tugging on your heartstrings. You better see what those strings to your heart are connected to because it might be something evil. And they're not telling you what it is. And we talked about this Friday into the weekend. The weekend show was all about If you didn't hear it, go listen to it. You're going to sit there and go, your jaw will drop. So that kind of ties back to that show. But they are doing some... We wonder, uh, okay, diabolical stuff, sexual crimes with children. They're real. They happen in this country. There are people who are deviant, who, who enjoy this type of, uh, activity. They pay for this kind of activity, a lot of money. So they, what better than to get an unnamed, un, unwanted child from down South, bring him across and and have them disappear. Do you know? This is the kind of thing that Trump, whether you like him or not, this is the kind of thing that Trump stopped. There was a movie by George C. Scott called Hardcore back in late 70s, early 80s. And basically, it's about a Midwestern girl kind of tired of uh, the farm life and goes out to L.A. and gets off at the train station. Now, there's a there are people that pay for certain types of movies, like you said. And uh, what happens is these kids get off that train and, hi, I'm a movie producer. You've got to look to you. Yeah. And they take these people and they, they take their dreams and they crush them and they throw them into an industry where they disappear and they're used and then they're killed and mutilated. It's called a meat house is what that's called. It's an old term, but it's called the meat house. This is the modern day version of the meat house. We're bringing these people across the border. We're using them for experimentation for sex, you know, you know, someone to get their kicks and then they're disposable. If for no other reason, the border has to be secure for this reason, these people, if you know, forget the fact that they're here illegally and that's a crime. The other thing we have to stop it for is because so many crimes are being perpetrated on these people. You know, they're being, they're being uh, destroyed in our country. Evil people are doing terrible things to these people, and they don't deserve it. They come and here. this goes back to the Obama administration, goes back to the Biden administration. 
We've been involved in this for a long time. So you want to do something about it? Let's secure that border. Let's stop it. And then, you know, we need to find these kids, help them out, rescue them, but close that border. You know, they come here with dreams and we give them a nightmare. This is going to stop. We have got to do something. You know, there's no justification, no logical justification for what they're doing right now on our border. There is no common sense uh, justification. We're allowing, we're allowing these people to come across unattended. Uh, they're coming through. Many of them are dying. And when they do get here, they're being shipped all over the country. Some of them are being shipped to decent places. Other people are being trafficked. And, and, and it just doesn't make any sense. And our government, if it was the honorable government, if it was the uh, what it purports to be, we would think, oh, they wouldn't allow this to happen. We are a decent country. But if you get indecent people running a decent country, indecent things happen. Okay? And that's what's happening right now. When you get bad people running a good country, bad things happen. Yeah. So and anyway. you know what? If you elect these people and you let them continue doing what they're doing, you can't sit there and be innocent and go, well, my hands aren't dirty. They are dirty. Boy, that's the truth. So if you know what's going on or you understand what's going on, then you've got to take action. You do. Okay, folks, we've done it. Yep, we got another one in the bag. Today is history. You know, although it did feel like a Monday instead of a Tuesday. Yeah, it did, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, we have um, we have a lot of things happening this week. We'll be keeping an eye on it. You mentioned the January 6th thing is coming along. Uh, yeah, they got more testimony today. One of the FBI agents that was looking into the, uh, what is it, the Oath Keepers and all that stuff. But do you you know, they do judge. They do judge a person by the way they look, and they like to you know, make names and point memes and stuff like that, Adam, you know, take a good look at that guy and go, would you trust him? You know, um, my question it, is, do people shame. really care it, about the January 6th committee though? I, I just don't care anymore. I think the average, I think the viewership is going to be way down. It is, but the, you know, the, the news touts what they are told to tout and they're going to talk about, Oh, it's a bombshell every weekend, a new bombshell testimony. You know, well, they should have blown this whole thing up by now, but they're still dropping bombs and they're made up bombs too, because they kind of fizzle. They're all duds at the end of the, at the end of the week, they're a dud. There's a saying from Macbeth, sound and fury signifying nothing. And that's what I think about when I think about the January 6th committee, sound and fury, a lot of talking, huff and puff, meaning nothing. It's going to go yeah. nowhere. It's and all smoke and mirrors and yep. there's, Yeah. It's 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 not what you believe it is. I hope you have a wonderful day up in Beantown in in the hub, and uh, with a little bit of luck, we'll we'll be back and we'll do it again tomorrow, same time, same bat same channel. place. Yep. Uh, by the way, you can call us eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight if you have a a question, if you have a suggestion, uh, an opinion. Eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight. That's eight three three. Let's vote. Maybe that's you got it. Easier to remember. And, of course, you've got uh, mail at itsanotherday.com. That's mail at itsanotherday.com. So do get in touch with, with us because uh, we do love your comments. A lot of people do it through Facebook, uh, which you can do that, too. There's also It's Another Day on Facebook, the group. Uh, some people just look you and I up directly and, and say they're positive and negative things. 
more positive than negative, but you have a few people out there that like to throw a dart every now and then. I'd like you to remember this, okay? This is the United States Camara, for God's sake. That's right. It's, it's, this is the America. United States Camara, for God's sakes. This is the United States Camara, for God's sake. Thank you, Joe. Have a wonderful day, Bill. See you tomorrow. Adios.